What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Give Them the Bird podcast. My name is Haley, aka Bird. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor and weight neutral health coach. And today we are talking about what to do if the gym you go to is super weight loss focused or very saturated in diet culture. This was a question that was submitted on my Instagram story that I posted this week, asking folks like, what are some of the struggles or pain points that you're experiencing right now and how can I support you? So thank you so much to the person that submitted this question or this thought. This was actually something that was on my radar back in season one. I meant to cover it, but you know, life got away from me and so I'm excited to be tackling it today. I first want to say when we're thinking about gyms that are super weight loss focused, I think there's this messaging around just don't put your money into gyms that are super weight loss focused. Choose a more inclusive gym, like don't waste your time and money there. I think this statement has a lot of privilege in it. For one, access. We all we don't all have access to 10 different gyms and we can pick out the one that's best for us. Some of us only have one or two gyms in our area and most gyms are weight loss focused, at least from my experience. Most of them have some sort of weight loss focus or messaging in them. Another privileged piece of this is when it comes to time. Even if we do have 10 different gyms in the area that we can choose from, maybe even five of those being very inclusive gyms, we have to look at what our schedule allows us to do. Is that gym open at the time that you're wanting to go? If you're looking for group workouts, do they offer group classes when you're able to go? So just keep in mind that I would love to say ditch the diet culture, weight loss focused gyms altogether, but it's, that's a lot easier said than done. Okay. So this is going to be really geared towards people who are maybe already at this gym or maybe are looking to join a gym and the only one they can find is weight loss focused. How can you be a member at this gym and still protect and maintain a healthy relationship with your food, with your body, and with your movement? The first step I would recommend is to opt out of measurements or like before and after photos if this is something that your gym offers. A lot of gyms do this right when you join a gym, especially if it's like a eight week uh, session or 12 week session, or if they're having like a transformation or weight loss focused challenge. So choose to not participate in that. You can still be a part of the gym. You can still participate in the workouts. You can still enjoy the exercise and the other members, but you can just say, hey, actually, I'm gonna choose not to do that if that's okay, right? you're the member, you're the one paying the money. You don't have to participate in taking any measurements or before and after photos, whatever it might be. So just know that you have the power to opt out of those. It's not a requirement. And if it is a requirement, that's fucking weird. (laughs) I don't know of a gym that would require it. Like they just, they just want your money (laughs) and to help you obviously, but you get what I'm saying. 
So opting out of measurements or before and after photos um, and potentially challenges that focus on weight loss or like body size transformation. The second thing is to be really clear about your intentions. A lot of gyms will have like an initial like consultation or questionnaire that might ask you things about like your why or your motivation or what brought you to the gym, what you're hoping to get out of it as being a member. And this is a great opportunity to be really clear that you're not here for weight loss or to change your body size, but you are here for fill in the blank. Whether that is to get moving again, to improve my physical health, to improve my mental health, um, to get connected to my community, whatever it might be, this is a great opportunity to let that gym know. This was actually something that I did with the gym that I'm currently at. I've talked about this gym before on the podcast. They are not weight loss focused at all, which I love, but they had a really great questionnaire that they ask all new members to fill out. And it had a question about, you know, what is bringing you to Versa? And I mentioned mental health, like that's my why behind exercise. And it, and it really is. I noticed that when I'm not exercising consistently, um, my anxiety skyrockets and I just, I don't feel good mentally. So I was very clear about that. They also asked a really awesome question on the que- on question on the questionnaire that said, "What has basically turned you off from other gyms that you've been to?" And I mentioned that you know gyms that are really weight loss focused. Like I really try to steer clear of those. Now, I wouldn't anticipate that a gym completely changed their business plan or their you know business model for one response, right? Like if it is a really weight loss focused gym, and I say. I'm not here for weight loss. I'm turned off by the idea of, you know, exercise for weight loss, whatever it might be. I don't expect them to change their entire structure, but at least I've done what I can. I've let them know, like, these are my intentions, etc. I got really lucky in that the gym I go to is not super weight loss focused. Um, and they actually praise me for, for moving for reasons other than changing my body size. But I think that's a really great chance for you to be clear about your intentions. If you have maybe an initial consultation or you're walking around the gym and they're asking you questions, if they have a questionnaire, let them know that my intention for movement, my intention for joining this gym is for reasons outside of changing the size and shape of my body. Now, once you're in the gym and you're doing the workouts, know that we cannot control what instructors and what other members say and do, right? We we can't get them to stop making diet culture comments or saying things that are harmful, but we can be mindful of our own language and our own actions. And I think that is the next recommendation I would have. Make sure that your language and your actions are not perpetrating diet culture. So some examples of this, we talk about this one all the time. Give compliments not related to body size. Compliment your fellow members on how strong they are or how good their form was or their consistency or how they seem to uplift everybody in the workout. Like, thanks for the push, right? Really avoid making those physical appearance related compliments to them. Now, this is something that you can take with you in all environments, right? I think this is something that comes up regularly on the podcast, but especially in a gym setting where there is so much focus on body size. Another example is avoid equating exercise to food that you can eat. I think this comes up a lot on the weekends, like on Fridays, um, you get a hard, I'm getting a really hard workout in, like I burned X amount of calories, now I can drink all the beer that I want tonight, or now I don't have to feel bad when I eat pizza later on today. Again, people around you in the gym might say that, 
You can't control them. You can't change that, but you can control what you say. So be mindful to not be perpetrating um, that harmful language when you can. The next thing I would say is to regularly check in with your body and its needs. I want to say loud and clear that regardless of the gym that you go to, regardless of the qualifications, the certifications, the years of experience, the years of schooling that your trainer, that your gym, that your instructors have, you are the expert of your body, not them. Listen to that again. Regardless of the certifications, the qualifications, the years of experience, the intelligence of your trainer, of your gym, you are the expert of your body, not them. They might be the quote unquote expert of exercise, but you are the expert of your body. And so it is your responsibility to regularly check in with your body and to honor its needs and to know that you know its needs better than somebody else. So an easy way that you can do this is to implement some sort of like pre, mid, and post-workout check-in where you just ask your body how it's feeling and then respond accordingly. Um, That might mean that you maybe sit down and take a break when you need to. You modify exercises. Maybe you choose weights that are best for you. Um, A lot of times instructors might recommend like, you know, try to grab uh, at least a 20-pound dumbbell. But if a 20-pound dumbbell isn't feeling good for you, grab what does feel good for you. That can also be the other way around too. Sometimes they might say like, okay, we're doing three sets of 15, grab a light weight. Well, you know what? You can actually do three sets of six and grab a heavy fucking weight, right? I know I do this a lot because 15 just feels like so many reps to me. Really anything over 10 does. And if my body is like not enjoying the idea of grabbing light weights and doing a heck ton of reps, I'll modify it and do what my body feels like doing. You are the expert. And this is really important too to know that you can do whatever the fuck you want regardless of what the other members are doing. Like if everybody is running and you're sick of running, you can take a break. You know, like you can, you do have the power to do that and you owe it to your body, right? We owe it to our body to give it what it's asking for in those moments. You can also implement this like pre, mid, post-workout check-in by doing like on a scale from zero to 10, how am I feeling? Zero being terrible, never felt worse. 10 being awesome, never felt better. You know, when you're walking into the gym, can you give yourself a number? Maybe um, halfway through the workout, can you do a check-in? And then post-workout too, can we do a check-in? The goal is to move you closer to a 10 or at least maintain where you're at. If you find that you're regularly sliding down the scale and getting closer to zero post-workout, that's a good indicator that you might might need to change something up. Maybe you weren't totally listening to your body throughout it. Um, Maybe that type of workout just didn't jive with you. But it's all information. It's data that you can utilize to better connect and understand your body. So regularly checking in with your body and responding to its needs accordingly is super duper important. Another thing to be mindful of is ditching body checking. A lot of times these group fitness or like group training studios or really any gym, there's a lot of mirrors around. Try to avoid constantly checking your body in mirrors and judging its appearance. I think that judgment, again, talking about being mindful, having a non-judgmental approach is really important. Body checking, I think, can also show up as comparing your body to somebody else's, especially, again, if it's like a group training studio where you're all doing the same thing. This is actually something that 
I am really working on right now. Again, even though the gym that I go to is not super weight loss focused and it's a, it's an amazing community, honestly, I find myself comparing my body to somebody else's or even comparing like how much weight I'm lifting um, to somebody else, right? Even the most skilled non-dieters, they can easily fall back into this comparison trap. And if you think about it, like our culture and really like our primitive nature is based on sizing up our competition. So you're working against a lot of biology by being mindful and trying to avoid this body comparison and this body checking. And again, it might also show up as like performance checking. I say that with quotations because I'm pretty sure I just made this phrase up, but it but it totally makes sense to me. Again, this is where we compare our performance to somebody else's and automatically label ourselves or them as less than if we're not moving as fast or lifting as heavy. I think like challenging yourself based on someone else, like I think that's okay. I know that there are people in the gym that sometimes if I'm looking for a challenge, I might try to work out next to them because I know that they'll push me. But that comparison piece, it, it gets really, really challenging, like the performance comparison. It gets really, really challenging and can be harmful if I go to, if I don't run as fast or if I don't lift as heavy, I am less than, right? Less fit, um, less capable, just less of a human, right? Or the opposite, if they're not lifting or running as, as much as I am, then they are less than. So again, it's okay to like use that healthy amount of competition, but making sure that it's not dehumanizing or being har- being a harmful thing, right? Making anybody, whether it's yourself or somebody else, less than. So overall, trying to avoid that body checking, whether it's checking your body in the mirror um, or comparing it to somebody else's. The next recommendation I have is to honor your body over numbers. So this is really similar to like checking in with your body and giving it what it needs. But this specifically relates to numbers because numbers can lead to comparison and that feeling of like not being good enough, which can then suck us back into diet culture. So depending upon how numbers are incorporated into the gym that you go to, honor your body over the numbers. So for example, um, I, the gym that I go to, they use MyZone, which is like a heart rate monitoring system. And I do, I actually won a free heart rate monitor there, which is amazing. I, I probably wouldn't have gotten one just because um, I'm very frugal. <laughs> but it's actually really cool to be able to like monitor how I'm feeling and just to see, you know, to get data back. I, I think it's a cool thing to do. And it's not triggering for me at this time. But a good example is like at this gym, sometimes they'll say like, try to get to 85% or for this minute, let's get into um, the the yellow zone, whatever it might be. But some days I'm like, dude, I'm at 70% and this shit feels really hard. I trust my body. Like, and you should trust, we should all trust our body in those situations, right? Because especially in this case, Sometimes I might feel like I'm working at 90%, but I'm actually, my heart rate's only at 70% of its max, but maybe I didn't sleep very well the night before, or maybe uh, my stress is just higher than normal. Like using those numbers to our advantage and being able to look at them and let them inform our participation in what we do, not letting them be something that we have to go against, right? So honoring your number, your body over the numbers. 
Another example of this could be um, maybe your trainer says you should be completing at least four rounds, but maybe you get to round three and you're like, fuck that shit. I'm done, (laughs) right? Like you don't want to do another round. Maybe you're bored of the movement. Maybe you're feeling really, really fatigued, whatever it is. Honor your body, right? So honoring your body over the numbers, whatever those numbers might be. It's also really important to know with this one that numbers can be really triggering. So if you need to remove the numbers, do that, right? For example, um, if numbers are really triggering for someone, I probably wouldn't recommend that they use a heart rate monitor. There's a lot of caveats that could go with that, but it could be triggering for someone. It can also be triggering for especially people in recovery from an eating disorder to even have like reps and sets related to their workout. I just met with someone yesterday who reps and sets, they're very triggering for them. And um, they're kind of in like this quote unquote fragile state because they're coming out of recovery. I say fragile, but they're actually really strong for that um, and brave and courageous. But when it comes to their relationship with exercise, it's fragile because it could easily um, pull them back into their disordered habits. So reps and sets are triggering for them. So instead of creating a bodyweight strength program that has reps and sets related to it, we actually decided to pair it with music. And this person loves music. It's something that motivates them to move. Um, and they can pick music that reminds them to like honor their body and honor their experience. And this was a this was a like a method of exercise that I actually got from my sister Leslie where. You choose like two movements and during the chorus, you do one of the movements and throughout the other part of the song, I don't know what it's called, the bridge, the refrain, I don't know, you do the other movement. So for this person in particular, we pair like an upper body movement with a lower body movement where it was like body weight squats and push-ups. So she'll be doing push-ups during the chorus and during the rest of the song, she'll be doing body weight squats. She doesn't have to count. Um, it's fun for her because she enjoys like that that joyful style of movement, but also wants to get a little bit into strength training. And she has a background in dance. So I was like, girl, you can start grooving while you're doing your squats. Like maybe you end up just like sashaying back and forth. That's okay. But even like those type of numbers can be triggering for folks. So if you find that with your workout, um, if they say do 12 reps of this, and for some reason that 12 is triggering Do as many reps as you want and then go to something else. So keep that in mind. So those are really like the big things that you can do to honor your body, to trust your body. The last thing I want to mention that you can do if you feel comfortable is to provide feedback. Um, You might consider submitting your suggestions to the gym to make the space more inclusive. Maybe you can submit anonymous feedback or maybe there's like a trusted staff member that you know, or like a trainer who maybe you've had like weight neutral conversations with, maybe you can say something to them. Like, I wonder if instead of it being a transformation challenge related to body size, if it could be like a transformation challenge related to performance or something like that, right? You might be the first member to speak up, but your feedback is guaranteed to help others, right? If the gym then implements what you say. So I think this can come with, how comfortable we're feeling with our own relationship once we've gotten to a point that like we feel pretty solid we feel pretty steady with our relationship with movement and our body and food then we can incorporate that advocacy if we'd like to and it can be as simple as providing anonymous feedback about how the gym can be a more inclusive space 
or a more weight neutral space. So overall, I think my big lasting message with this one is really that you really are the expert of your body and to trust the cues and the signals that your body is giving you over any instructor, any member, any sort of technology, any workout, etc. I do also think that it's really important to find like some sort of ease between challenging your body and protecting your relationship with movement. I think sometimes we can get so scared of hurting our relationship with with our body that it can take away from the enjoyment that we get from movement, if that makes sense. Um, I know for me, that was something that, that I noticed right off the bat when I started using this heart rate monitor. I was worried so much that attaching numbers to my workout was going to be harmful to me, that it took away from me showing up to this gym and enjoying it. And because I was at a place where like those specific numbers weren't triggering for me, I just kind of had to release that and remind myself that I can use a heart rate monitor. I can challenge myself in the gym. I can do specific reps and sets because I'm at that place where I can and still have a healthy relationship with movement. So keep that in mind. Try to avoid getting so scared of hurting your relationship with movement and your body that it takes away from the enjoyment that you get out of movement. Okay. Unfortunately, I think there are also a lot of messages out there that make it seem like anyone who participates in like high intensity exercise or anyone who runs regularly or anyone who challenges themselves physically or anyone who follows any sort of structured exercise program or anyone who tracks their progress with exercise or has like performance related metrics. There's kind of this like this group message out there that says anyone who does any of those things is disordered or has an unhealthy relationship with exercise. And I want to be super fucking clear that I don't agree with those messages. I don't think intuitive movement has to be low intensity. And I definitely don't think that pushing yourself in the gym means you're unhealthy, right? Intuitive exercise and having a healthy relationship with movement, it is not black and white. It is in the gray area. And again, that's what GTB is all about. We are about finding the middle ground and recognizing that things look different for everyone. Exercise and having a healthy relationship with movement in your body, it looks different for everyone. So to recap, if you are someone who goes to a very weight loss focused gym and you're wanting to protect your relationship with food and with movement and with your body, here are my recommendations. Number one, opt out of measurements and or before and after photos and or transformation slash body size challenges. Number two, be clear about your intentions from the get-go. If the gym offers some sort of consultation or questionnaire, let them know that you're here for reasons other than changing your body size. Number three, be mindful of your own language and try to remove the diet culture talk from it. Number four, regularly check in with your body and its needs and respond to those needs accordingly. Number five, be mindful of and aim to ditch body checking, both with yourself in the mirror and that body comparison with others. Number six, honor your body over numbers. Regardless of what numbers are coming up at the gym that you go to, your body is queen or king. Number seven, if you feel comfortable, provide feedback. You might be the first member to provide this sort of feedback, but remember it's guaranteed to help others somewhere along the road. I hope these seven different tips are helpful for you if you are somebody who is looking to join a gym or currently at a gym that is weight loss focused and you're really wanting to maintain that healthy relationship with your movement and with body. I would love to hear your thoughts on this one. So feel free to reach out if you have questions, if you have feedback, or if you have other tips that you might want other listeners to know about. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at Give Them the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.